Welcome to Mystic Underground. I'm Mark. And I'm Kent. We'll be your regular co-hosts, and tonight will be our very first podcast. Each episode will begin with a segment called Mystic Rewind, where we'll crack open our book of supernatural events and read multiple stories that Kent, myself, or a listener has personally experienced. But don't go anywhere, as directly after the stories, we'll have a section called Ask the Aliens, where we'll be discussing thought-provoking questions and discussing current events in the paranormal community. It's time, so prepare yourselves, as we're about to dive into unbelievable encounters that I myself have actually experienced. This first one is a story called Cornfield Monster. Thirteen years ago, I witnessed something that's likely never been reported before, and that's saying something as I follow hundreds of extraterrestrial encrypted groups, sites, and podcasts. It happened at about 11 p.m. when my ex-girlfriend and I were road tripping back to Michigan from Chicago, Illinois. I was behind the wheel of my small sedan and we must have been within 10 miles of the Michigan state line when out of nowhere, something massive was rolling across the road in front of us. Yes, you heard that right, rolling. I flicked the car's headlights to the high beams and drove right up to this monstrosity, coming to within 15 feet of it. Lit up by the light's radiance, this unearthly-looking organism continued rolling forward ever so slightly and seemed totally unconcerned with our presence. This sophisized life form had hundreds of bony limbs shrouding it, like rows of human forearms rotating around a soft-tissue bulldozer from which they protruded. This thing had no mechanical parts, no wiring, and nothing that looked like it belonged on our planet. Its body was very animated like a giant torso with endless appendages, a gyrating anatomic creature from Mars. We both sat there breathless, watching as this newly discovered alien spun itself into the ditch before finding its way into a cornfield on our right-hand side. Without hesitation, I shoved the gas pedal to the floor, getting us out of there as quickly as possible, but then I let off, slowing the vehicle down and pulled off the side of the road. After a brief discussion, my ex and I decided to go back as we just had to know what that thing was. Whipping the car around, I rushed back to the exact spot where we saw it enter the cornfield and I pulled up to the stalks, the high beams illuminating the wall of vegetation. We waited there a while, unsure of the crazy decision that had us hanging around this unfamiliar, tremors-like phenomenon. Several minutes passed by, but luckily for us, nothing happened. We weren't crushed, we weren't swallowed whole, and we didn't end up 10 feet underground. To this day, I've never seen that thing again, but somebody somewhere will eventually have a similar run-in. I'll send you off with this. Every time you take a bite of corn, remember this unusual eyewitness account. And if you ever stumble upon a crop sign, be weary as it just might have been caused by the cornfield monster. Our next story is titled, Legend of the Lichen. 14 years ago, I was living in Montana with an ex-girlfriend's cousin named Derek. We rented a two-bedroom apartment on the second story of a fourplex in Hamilton. If you've never heard of Hamilton, it's in a small town in the beautiful Bitterroot Valley in Rivali County. On a cloudless midsummer night, Derek and I decided to grab a couple energy drinks and cheap cigars before making our way out to the rooftop through a second-story dining room window. Sitting side by side on the roof's cold shingles 
We engage in meaningful conversation while staring out at the twinkling stars at 3,570 feet elevation. It wasn't until Derek climbed back inside the apartment through the dining room window that I heard something big running up the street toward our apartment. I must point out that the hefty steps I detected were on a paved road and this thing just happened to be shootless. As this beast manifested on the dark road beneath my feet, I immediately noticed its height. Towering a few feet above every parked vehicle that had darted past, I could easily estimate this creature to be 8 or even 9 feet tall. The next thing I noticed was the brown fur, the muscular torso, the extended snout, and the pointed ears. Not only that, but this meaty brute was running on its hind legs. At that moment, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that this was a lichen. Beneath the streetlights, this upright wolf plodded on by, moving twice the pace of any measly human. That realization proved that there was no possible way for this to be a person donning a fabricated suit, especially considering the sheer mass of this monster and its weighted steps. Naive notions deserted my mind, dripping down my brow in the form of sweat. I sat there, stricken to my core, totally convinced of a creature's existence that I'd only ever imagined or watched in horror films. But trust me when I say that these things are out there, their predacious eyes glaring from afar, and hunger eliciting the ravenous desires. Unbeknownst to little you, they lurk and creep in the woodlands nearby, scowling beneath the blackened skies. All right, before we get to our next segment, I'm going to include a bonus story that I read a few years back. It was an old lichen fable that I tried my best to recount without knowing specific names or dates. So just off of memory, I rewrote the whole thing, adding just a little flair here and there without corrupting the main storyline. I hope you all enjoy it. This alleged true story took place several hundred years ago. The citizens of a small European village kept going missing, mostly farmers working the fields and children playing near the village's edge. They'd disappear without a trace with some of their bodies turning up days later, half eaten and ripped to shreds. This shook up their backwoods sanctuary and panic spread across their tiny community. A town meeting brought everyone together to review the missing person cases and to propose ideas on how to properly deal with this humanitarian crisis. But the assembly was a total disaster as the villagers let fear and anger get in the way of finding a constructive resolution. Rather, the people held aggression toward the leaders who they believed hadn't properly handled the situation. Understanding the widespread terror, the town advisors came up with their own conclusion and sent word out to a renowned tracker for hire. Weeks later, the huntsman arrived on scene. He was a brash, rough country mercenary of sorts, only he was paid to kill monsters, not humans. Rifles, revolvers, blades, and fast hands, he was surely the best in the game and as rugged and leathery as a predator killer could come. The village women were swooned, the men browbeaten. It was easy for these rural farmers to be intimidated by such a lawless man's man, but he was known to be a legend at his craft, so they felt safer in his presence. The tracker accepted his coin and set out after the bloodthirsty beast, but it wasn't an instant fix. Villagers were still going missing while he got a good footing on the surrounding environment, locating animal nestings, hidden dens, and the network of trails. This thing was very shifty and deceptive, but this hired gun was hot on its trail, tracking all of its habits and missteps. It wasn't an easy task, but after a month of research, he knew right where it was going to be on that particular night. The huntsman hunkered down alongside an animal trail enveloped by large buckthorns. An evening chill crept over the darkening landscape and lowered his body temperature a couple degrees. 
Regardless of his skill set, the frigid winds combined with insistent adrenaline caused the man to shiver, and it was then that he heard a vegetative crash. Calming his breath, he scanned the forest, searching for silhouettes, but he saw not. It was dead silent until a loud crack resonated directly above his head, making him roll onto his back as a large branch crashed down where he was just lying. The hairy monster had leapt onto a thick tree overhead before dropping down over the top of him on all fours. It roared in his face, spewing saliva across his eyeballs, but he pulled the triggers of two revolvers, sending the lichen flailing backward into the murky undergrowth. Gun smoke lifted toward the heavens as the outline of the lichen reappeared almost immediately. Bolting forward like a rabid boar, the beast wanted to settle the score. Wiping the goo from his bloodshot eyes, the hunter held up his trusty rifle and squeezed the trigger. With that, the ferocious SOB wasn't so tough anymore. It screeched and howled as it slinked back into the darkness, but the huntsman waited a while before tracking it down. There was no way that he was going to risk becoming the final victim of a rageful dying predator on its last breath. When enough time had passed, he followed the blood trail to a dead body. However, it wasn't the body of a beast, but rather of a naked man with two bullet holes through the abdomen where he knew he'd shot the lichen. At that moment, he was convinced that this wasn't just a monster, it was some kind of cursed shape-shifting man living amongst the people and preying on his own kind. Fortunately, the hunter had stopped him, but in that moment, he vowed to kill them all. He was a legend. He was a lichen killer. All right, now we've come to the second half of our episode called Ask the Aliens, where we'll throw out some intriguing questions and give informative answers. I'll ask the first one. When we seek out spirits, it seems to open the doorway to them, and in turn, they start seeking us out more as well. Well, there are those of us who are constantly searching for cryptids, and so the question is, when spending so much time in their territory, could it be the same way, where they start seeking us out more too, or begin revealing themselves to certain individuals they're used to or trust? Um, I would think so, because these cryptids are smart and intelligent. So they've eluded um, capture so far, you know, you would have to at least have some sort of certain level of cognitive thinking in order to escape. So yeah, definitely. They, right. They would have to know what comes in and out of their territory. So like if you're coming in and out of, you know, where they hunt, or where they feed or whatever, they, they got to know your um, presence for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think some people, they seem to see cryptos a lot or interact with them fairly often. Um, you know, a lot of people, mm -hmm. they own property where they have sightings all the time. I have a lot of people reach out to me. Um, they state that they actually have like Bigfoot families, like living on their land. <laughs> Coming and visiting them. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out, waving at them, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's actually a lady who I spoke to that actually said they would come knock on her door. Wow. Like in the day too, like not at night. And she'd look out and she'd see these Bigfoot creatures. And uh, one of my questions to her was, why don't you ever take pictures or, you know, set up mm -hmm. a game cam or anything? And, and mm -hmm. her statement was she didn't want to scare them off. She liked their relationship the way it was. So she didn't want to, you know, be taking pictures and then like lose their trust, so to speak. So I don't know if that's true, but it was kind of an interesting. Yeah, that thing. would make sense. Cause yeah. it'd be like, you know, if you had a garden and your vegetable garden or something, you know, you would, 
track you know pesky squirrels and stuff you keep those away but animals you don't mind you keep them around yeah definitely yeah. How has there never been any Sasquatch, Wendigo, or Skinwalker roadkill ever discovered? All right, yeah. So my answer to that is maybe these beings are just too intelligent to cross the road when a car is coming, first off. You know, they see headlights. They just totally avoid that. They're too smart to know to run in front of that. Um, Even so, like, you'd still think at one point or another one would be hit, right? Mm -hmm. Bad Mm -hmm. circumstance. Maybe they're chasing prey or maybe they're running away scared of something something. yeah yeah this is bad wrong place wrong time but then again you know maybe if they're hit they're just too durable they hop right back up you know that was two things i put in my notes was intelligence and durability you know i think they're too smart for this kind of thing to happen very often but if it does they're probably too durable um lastly i've read uh, stories about police showing up to uh, like car accidents where supposed bigfoot or dogman was hit and they quickly load up the bodies. You know, they make witnesses delete mm-hmm. pictures from their phones. Um, I've read many stories about this where people said, I literally had pictures of this weird beast that I ran into. They loaded it up. They took all my pictures away. And so then obviously there's no evidence. So obviously, if you ever hit anything strange crossing the road, immediately take pictures and video, email them to yourselves before you ever even call 911. Yeah, get all exactly. that <laughs> Yeah, get, get all the that evidence. Back, backed up and stuff first. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So what do you think about that? I think so. I mean, that's definitely, you know, something that local authorities would definitely do. You know, they wouldn't want to incite panic or anything. Yeah, definitely. Know, maintain control and all that. All right. Do you think there are monsters out there that nobody living has ever witnessed? Like there's no folklore about it because the creature either killed everyone that's seen it or it's just too stealthy, too smart, et cetera. Um, I definitely do. I, I'm hoping more on the too stealthy, too smart than one that kills everybody <laughs> that's ever seen it. Like, that's just hopeful thinking. Yeah. But there has to be unknown creatures there. Um, they've always made new discoveries for deep sea creatures. And there's definitely unexplored wilderness out there, too. So, I mean, who's to say there's, they haven't been living among us all this time? That's my personal thought on that. Well, well, yeah. And even the creatures we know about Bigfoot dog, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. they look at how they stay under the radar, (laughs) you know, like nobody gets great evidence of them, whether it's video pictures, you know, they don't leave behind evidence. Um, They they seem to properly know how to hide from mankind. Um, They're probably much more knowledgeable than we give them credit for, you know? And so there could be a whole new breed of beasts that we just don't know about anything about yet. Yeah, on a different level of like stealthiness. So something that flashes in the corner of your eye, you don't even know what it is. It could have been something. Yeah, imagine if they're even smarter than a Bigfoot or a dog, Mm -hmm. man, or or all these things that, you know, we at least know about. Like we have lore about them. So there could be things out there that are even more elusive, you know, more smart and intelligent that totally elude humans, you know. Anything that we would ever know about. Yep, exactly. It's just... (laughs) I wrote some notes. I put, imagine how terrifying some cryptids could be that we don't even know a single thing about yet. Right. You know, and you know, here's another thing you think about how every state has this basically its own cryptid, you know, like Michigan has mm-hmm. Michigan dog man. And then certain States have other things like the Jersey devil or Mothman. And, you know, you look at like Bigfoot, they have different names for Bigfoot in almost every state, Sasquatch, skunk ape, wood booger, Yeti, well, so, not only every state, but yeah, like every country on the other side of the world too. We're talking about, in, in different environments, right? 
Yeah, and you Yeti think, versus Sasquatch, very pretty much the same. Yeah, but and, and the thing is, when you when you read about these, they all have slight differences that they you know mark out in every state. Mm-hmm. Like one might have like Yeti might be more like white fur, or you know, like another one might be more dark fur and different type. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's always some differences, and it just shows you that people see things in every state and in every country. There are a lot of weird things out there that we just don't know anything about. Yeah, and definitely, like you mentioned, like the difference in color, it's down to how adaptable they are to their environment, too. Yeah, it's crazy. What cryptid or supernatural being would you most be terrified to stumble upon in the dark? Man, for me, <clears throat> I listen I listen to podcasts myself all the time. Um, mm-hmm. One that I want to point out to people is Darkness Prevails. I really like that guy's. He's got some great um, eyewitness accounts that he reads. The stories that always get me are Wendigo. Um, for one, their size. Yeah. They always seem to be about like eight to nine feet tall. Their invincibility. You know, I've heard multiple stories of hunters shooting these with rifles. They'll have multiple rifles wow. going off at once. And these things bolt right at them. They barely wince most of the time. And they still chase these hunters or campers or whatever it is. But a lot of times they'll even run off when they get shot. And then they come running at them later again. They got to shoot at them again. So they they, they didn't understand the first time. Like <laughs> They definitely don't give up on you or try to get at you. Yeah. Like. And I think the most terrifying thing about Wendigos, and I think skinwalkers and rakes and all those kind of things, is the voice mimicking. Mm. You know, a lot of times they'll make a weird crying sound, almost like they're human. So you like go to see who's crying, you know, or um, a lot of times people say they'll actually sound like their significant other saying, honey, come in the woods. Yeah. You're definitely going to like, yeah, (laughs) you're definitely going to wonder what's out there. And (laughs) yeah, it's creepy. But one thing that pickings, one thing they're said to do though, is almost state the same line over and over. Like there's Mm. no tonal change. So it's like, honey, come in the woods. Five minutes later, honey, come in the woods. It sounds almost like a recording, which oh, makes yeah. it even creepier. Creepier, very creepy. Yeah. Anyway, so they try to trick people into the woods. Then when they get you in there, then they're there growling at you and chasing you. So that's what a lot of people report happening to mm-hmm. them. It's pretty wild. Pretty crazy. Yeah. What about you? I would say up there, but anything, I guess any various creature that just can overpower you just by the sheer like mass of their bodies you know because what can you really do other than <laughs> if you don't have firepower with you or any sort of thing you're just yep. that's it game over well and if a gun doesn't work what are you gonna do punch yeah, it to death? game over too <laughs> yeah yeah to those that believe in god what explanation could there be for cryptids i found this to be an interesting question for me i don't think the existence of cryptids would negate the existence of god i just think it shows that God likes to use all of the available crayons in the box, you know, not yeah. limited to one type of things. Why, you know, there's no limit to the animals and the creatures that his imagination can come up with. I guess yeah. You know, you know, <clears throat> first off, we never know what God all created like dinosaurs, mm-hmm. just because yeah, dinosaurs, exactly. if God created dinosaurs, does that mean he doesn't exist or this or that? No. First off, you know, these beings could be spiritual in nature. We don't know. Like, you know, we don't have a lot of evidence for Bigfoot or this or that yet. Um, And in the Bible, it says the devil can take any form. I believe demonic entities can appear to us in any shape or figure. 
-hmm. maybe even trying to play on our worst fears sometimes like showing up like a vampire or a werewolf and this isn't necessarily true it's just a it's just an idea um i've heard mediums say that demons often appear as children so if they could shapeshift into a child certainly they could shapeshift into any beast um secondly i'm sure there are animals and creatures out there that we just don't know about in our modern day like we talked about like the dinosaurs, there were most likely animals that lived alongside humans thousands of years ago that we've since forgotten. Yep. Maybe humans killed these beasts in past times. So after nearly being extinct, they know to avoid us as we probably killed them off if we knew they existed. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like anything <laughs> that existed way back when is all gone. Yeah. <laughs> anything yeah. cool. I think, you know, if these creatures are intelligent as we think they are, you think of all the run-ins they've had with humans over thousands of years, they probably know, okay, when we, you know, let them know of our existence, they kill us off or they hunt us as trophies. So it would make sense that they stay away from Always us. Always would stay away. Yeah. Yeah. For I the mean, most part. I agree. Totally agree on that. All right. That concludes episode one. I wrote all the stories on tonight's episode. So if you like my writing style and want to read a lot more of my work, you can look up my books on Etsy. You can find them by typing in Mackie books. M-A-K-I books. I highly recommend my horror book, The Burlap Killer. And if you have a son who likes to read, I have a children's book that's more tailored to boys called The Adventures of Ninja Toes. Feel free to subscribe on our YouTube so you can watch our Roadside Unknown series. And if you want to just come by and say hi, my Facebook is Night Stalker Bro Dog. And my Instagram is at Night Stalker Investigations. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll see you next time.